Hello and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And we are back to recap a crazy week of football here, long distance style, as Scott is away for Thanksgiving weekend. And we will recap certainly what was a wild, action-packed NFL week with coach firings and more injuries. What an absolute crazy weekend. But first, as we always do, we will go with the Buffalo Bills game in which they defeated the New York Jets 32-6. to And Scott, what were your thoughts from this matchup? I think I saw a lot of things from this Bills offense that uh, I think we hadn't seen in the Ken Dorsey era. There was a lot of things schematically and scheme-wise I think really were helpful to that team. And I know personally, when I saw that 81-yard touchdown to Shakir, I feel like a weight was really lifted off my shoulders as a Bills fan because the big plays were really what I think had been missing most from that Bills offense. So to see that... like. I, I think gives me a lot more hope for this team and just overall of what I saw offensively that game. Yes, I would agree with that. I really liked how they came out, the energy they had right from the start of the game and just the way that the, the offense was able to really just kind of move the ball well throughout the entire game, which is something I think we have yet to see. A lot of the times it's it's uh, you know one half of, of pretty good ball movement and the other half they kind of slow down. This was more of a sustained effort throughout the entire game, which is for me the mo the biggest thing that I saw in the change at offensive coordinator. Yeah, definitely. I think there was only being a handful of punts to that game, I, I think, played a big part of it. And, and even when they needed to, they were able to play possession and still get some good things going on the ground. I mean, all three of their backs actually looking pretty good this game. Ty Johnson, James Cook, and Latavius Murray, which I think was a good thing to see. And for the offense to be as good as it was, without a single catch from Gabe Davis and with only three catches for what 20-something yards there for Stephon Diggs. Yes, and you know that I love to see that running game churn, as I've been calling for it to do so all year. And the volume this game was really what I like to see the most. James Cook and Murray both getting double-digit carries here. And Cook really getting involved with the run game. I like that they kind of sustained it more than they, they usually had. But what I was really impressed with was the defense and just how they continue to play pretty well despite all the injuries that they have, just absolutely shutting down the Jets. Although it is the Jets, they still just completely dominated on that side of the ball. I just really like what the resilience that this team is having, despite the fact they haven't had a great year so far, they are by no means just slumping over. They, they seem to have a very strong resilience about them, which you like to see. Yeah, absolutely. And how about Rasul Douglas there, their uh, new acquisition? Three takeaways in this game, just incredible. Yeah, that's a, a Christmas present from the Packers, yet another one to the Bills. Uh, now, I would say maybe your best two defenders or your best two DBs uh, you got from 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 us. So um, enjoy Rasul Douglas. He is a turnover machine. But, yes, really like this Bills defense, really like the playmakers they have. And the next man up mentality is, is really good. And they've still been able to create a lot of turnovers and really shut offenses down. I really like what I see from them. Yeah, the turnover had been missing for a few weeks up until this game, so it was really nice to see some be able to get some more turnovers again. Yes, and for me, it's like this: this Bills team needs a spark. When I look at like teams like the who I consider like the heavyweights, the teams that have a realistic shot to win Super Bowl: Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, Like they all have a unit that's elite. And for the Bills, I just haven't seen them be elite in any category. And previously, it used to be the passing game with Allen, but. This year, they have yet to really show that consistently. So it's like something else needs to step up. Will it be the running game? Can they really be a ground-and-pound team? 
Um, can they be a defensive team? Uh, whether it's a beat-up defense, that was worrying me. But now that the defense is playing this well with all these injuries, I think the defense could be the thing that we say defines this Bills team as being elite. I, I still have severe doubts that it really could be the defense. I mean, they're just – that's the weakest part of their team right now with all the injuries. When they face really elite offenses, I, I really doubt that they're going to be able to hold up as well as they have versus the Jets team. Right. I mean, they will certainly be tested as they never have been tested before as they got the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys coming up. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play this, these games and how they choose – to, to strategize against these amazing offenses. But I would certainly um, – I would not give up on the Bills. I think they still certainly do have a, a puncher's chance when you look at this AFC, which is a bit weaker than we had thought. Yeah, absolutely. And these next few games are really going to tell a lot about it. We could be thinking a lot differently about the Bills, or at least the national media will be after these next couple of weeks. And from there, we go on to the Green Bay Packers who won in a very good close game, 23-20 to 20 over the L.A. Chargers. Scott, what were your initial thoughts from this game? I think we saw a lot of the things that have been missing for the season from the Packers. I think you saw some good things for both the running game and the passing game, which I don't think we had a game this season where both looked good at the same time. And although your defense really allowed the L.A. to be very efficient, they got the stops when it really mattered. Yes, I would agree with that. And that's kind of been the story of the Packers' defense throughout the tenure of Joe Barry, both this year and last year, which, you know, I don't know how you really argue with keeping the team's points down, but I think this Packers' defense has played pretty well thus far this year. And this was definitely, I believe, Love's best game. Um, he really faced some real pressure from that Chargers' defensive front, and he led them back in a very close game back and forth. And in, in last week, we mentioned the fact that he threw two interceptions on potential go-ahead drives. This week, it was the opposite. He threw two touchdowns on go-ahead drives. And really looking sharp in this game. Definitely had some ups and downs, but very good game from Love and very good game from the Packers overall. I think really good situational calls by Matt LaFleur. And definitely just even more growth. I think this is now three weeks in a row where I really have liked the Packers' performance more and more with each week. Yeah, I think this has certainly been Love's three best weeks right in a row there, and you're getting more and more towards saying, I think Love is the guy, and seeing more growth from the Packers team, like you said, that you really wanted to see. Although, like at this point, you think it's probably too little too late, unless you see somebody really drop off at NFC like the Vikings, but sitting at 4-6 and six really isn't terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I a couple weeks ago I had said that I really didn't, um, my, my view and my goal of the season was not to make the playoffs. It was just to evaluate if Love is the guy. But it would be nice to make the playoffs. I think they still have a shot with the Seahawks, kind of not looking as good as we had thought, and the Vikings still only two games ahead. But, again, that's really not the point of this season. And the season really is to evaluate Love. And speaking of evaluating him, I think, like you said, it's one more step closer to leaning that towards the fact that he is the guy. I mean, when you look at this team, we have a worse offensive line than we did last year. The running game is is absolutely in shambles, with Jones have not been played well at all, all year, and now he's hurt again. A.J. Dillon is clearly not an RB1 with his numbers being pretty bad, only averaging about three and a half yards a game. And, I mean, this Packers team is pretty much by every metric worse than the team we had last year, and Love is still showing that he can kind of be a, a not a kind of a, a staple of consistency within this offense, 
but something, some figure at least of poise that you can look to when the game is getting chaotic. He's generally not playing awful. Right. Which is crazy to say from a first-year starting quarterback. Yeah, so maybe the saving some time on the bench did help him in some ways. Yes, I, I definitely think it did, and you're seeing that play out right now. So, but the Packers' schedule very winnable. You got some really easy games coming up here after a couple hard ones against the Lions and the Chiefs. After that, it's pretty smooth sailing. So, again, that's not the goal. I don't think is to make the playoffs. The goal is to see if Love can play well. So, I think with Jones out, the running game not doing well anyway. Just let Love loose, see what he can do, and we'll go from there at the end of the year. Absolutely. And from there, we will move on to the NFL's Clown of the Week. Everybody loves a good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. And this week, the NFL's Clown of the Week is Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Marquez Veldes Scantling. So this week in the Kansas City Chiefs game, the Chiefs were driving, and Mahomes drops an absolute dime to Scantling for what would have been a 51-yard go-ahead touchdown right in the bucket of Scantling, to which he drops. And for Scantling, this was not the only drop he had in the game, going oh for 3 on targets this week and having the most drops in the NFL this season. I mean, that throw was absolutely perfect and so catchable with him way ahead. From Mahomes, it's a really perfect throw. You couldn't have asked for any more from Mahomes on that ball or more perfect placement. And for what would have won you a game, and possible, and I think this game really could hurt you in the chances for the one seed, having lost this one. And for that, Marcus Valdez Scanling, you're the clown of the week. And from there, we go on to our game picks for week 12. And before that, we go to the recap. So Scott last week was 10 and four, while I went eight and six, and for an overall of 107 and 57 for Scott, and 99 and 65 for me. So now Scott extending his lead to eight games here, going into the final six weeks of the NFL season. So we begin with the Thanksgiving games: the Green Bay Packers against the Detroit Lions. And who do you have winning this matchup? I have Detroit winning in this one. And I do as well. Although I think this one may end up being closer than some people might realize. Yes, and Detroit really grappled with Chicago last game with Goff not playing a very good game, throwing three picks. It really took them all four quarters to beat the Bears, and I, I think we both agree the Packers are better than Chicago at this point. And uh, coming off a nice three-game stretch, it could be a very entertaining game, but in the end, I think in at Thanksgiving in Detroit, the Lions should be good enough to take care of the Packers here. Yeah, honestly, I was really impressed and happy with Detroit for the fact that when they were facing as much diversity as they did, they were able to really do what they had to when it mattered most. But uh, a little sad I had there said uh, there was NFL history made on Sunday because it said since 1932, no team with a plus three turnover margin and 40 plus minutes time of possession had ever lost a game. Under those circumstances, teams were 48 and 0. Wow, that was the Bears, right? Yes, that was the Bears choking that way. He had over 40 minutes possession and plus three turnover margin. Just crazy to lose a game like that. They had it right by the. They had him on the ropes there in the final minutes. But some really nice drives by the Lions. Their final two drives to end it. 
Yeah, like you said, very good. Like I know a lot of people may take that uh, game away as and look at it as a negative, but let's be honest. Like these are NFL teams; they're all professionals. You're not going to be playing your best every single week and coming away like that and really just kind of instead of beating yourself in that game, you kind of overcame your own mistakes. So I think I do take that as a good sign for the Lions in the face of adversity. Right. And from there, we go on to the second Thanksgiving game between the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. So early in the year, Commanders looked like a frisky team. Now, not so much. Who do you think wins this matchup? I have Dallas winning in this one. I do as well. Yeah, Dallas has really shown to be able to beat up on some of these weaker teams this year. Although, I think the Washington may be on the higher end of the weaker teams, I think. At least they've shown some ability in some games, although losing to the Giants... Uh, seems to put them a little lower. Well, they've always they've struggled against the Giants since Dayball got there. I think they went 0-2 against them last year as well. So I wouldn't take too much away from that loss, but it mainly the Washington Commanders have just been the face of inconsistency this year. One week looking like they're a really frisky team and the next looking like a bottom feeder. And so, yeah, I, I do think the Cowboys will win this game. Yes. And then the final matchup of Thanksgiving, you have the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Seattle kind of slipping a little bit and San Francisco playing really well. Who do you think takes this divisional matchup? I think the 49ers will win this one. And I do as well. Yeah, I think the 49ers are really going to want to get a really get that firm grasp back on that division again. And they're just going to continue to get back into their winning ways and be quite dominant in this one. Yeah, Brock Purdy last week having an absolutely perfect game, 158.3 pass rating, which is, of course, perfect. And he has really made a statement after the bye that he is the guy for them going forward in the future. And I do believe in Brock Purdy. I believe in the 49ers as the best team in that conference. And so I'll have them winning this game decisively over the Seahawks. Absolutely. And then you got the Miami Dolphins taking on the New York Jets, who are trying to save the season at this point, who do you have winning this one? I have the Dolphins winning this one. I do as well. And I would pitch you the question, is this a must-win for the New York Jets? If they lose this game, do you think their season is over? 100% over. And with Tim Boyle at the helm, I think this game has the potential to be an absolute bloodbath. And so I'll throw it in Mercer's. Mark my words, I think the Dolphins are going to win by 20-plus points in this game. Oh, oh my gosh, poor Tim Boyle. <laughs> hey, what, did, what did he do to deserve this? <laughs> right. That's serious. This is the worst of all situations for him. I mean, just the New York fan base just is so angry right now. Rogers teasing coming back. I mean, if he if Tim Boyle is the one that kind of ruins that comeback, my goodness, I feel bad for the man. Absolutely. Uh, and then you got the New Orleans Saints here taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. And I think both teams coming off by. So who do you have winning this divisional game? Yeah, lots of big uh, divisional implications for this one. And all of the Saints winning this one. I do as well. Last three games from the Saints have been actually pretty good. I think they're a little bit better than a lot of people realize. Um, whereas the Falcons, I think, really are just kind of a really inconsistent team. I think the Saints are kind of the clear front runners in this division. Right. And then from there you have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals with Jake Browning at the quarterback helm. Who do you think wins this game? Oh, the Steelers winning this one. Wow, surprise. And I do as well. 
Yeah, this will really be the battle of the bum quarterbacks who can decide to put together some kind of offense. The Bengals with uh, Jake Browning at the helm now, and then the Steelers with Kenny Pickett. And I think uh, more people, more and more people should be questioning if the Steelers should keep Kenny Pickett around after this year. Well, I don't think so because if people truly believe Matt Canada was as bad as you know as we're all saying, then any quarterback would deserve another year to prove himself. And especially now that you fire him mid-season, and now Pickett's going to be, you know, he's, he did, what, what are they going to do? What's their plan? It's really kind of a, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a washed year in terms of evaluating the quarterback. But that being said, the Steelers over the Bengals here, I think they're just clearly the more composed team at this point. The Bengals, really all they were on offense was Joe Burrow, and now without him, it's just going to be very difficult to move into the Steelers' defense. Right. And from there, you have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Titans. This one ought to be a real barn burner. And who do you have taking the victory? All the Titans winning this one. And I do as well. Really interesting is seeing that 90% of the people picked the Titans on this. Yeah, I mean, it looked like we were all excited for Will Levis there at the beginning, but now that's just kind of proving to be a one-week wonder. But still, the Titans, I still think they can coach circles around the Panthers. They're the more physical team. And, but, you know, I definitely would keep my eye on this game for a t- potential upset for the Panthers. Yeah, I flip-flopped a bit on this game before ultimately deciding on the Titans. Yes. Not too far removed from being a playoff-caliber team. And then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Indianapolis Colts. So the Buccaneers, 4-6, and six, only one game behind the Saints. And remember, they beat them pretty badly earlier in the year. Who do you have winning this game? I have the Buccaneers winning this one. Oh, wow. Okay, I do as well. Yeah, I think, honestly, at this point in the season, I think the Buccaneers are a better team than the Colts. Yes, I would agree. I, I think the... It's good to see... Like, Baker Mayfield's had a really good season. There's definitely been some parts of that Tampa Bay team that really have not been as good. I mean, I, I definitely felt bad for, for Mayfield last week in that game versus the Niners, where he was really putting together a really nice game, and his team just continued to let him down over and over. Yeah, and then on the other side of it, you watch a guy like Brock Purdy with, I mean, like, the absolute, like, Avengers of football weapons around him. And it just, you can't help but just notice the difference in these these guys' teams. And, like, if you swap the quarterbacks in that game, I mean, I think you would see a similar game from Baker on the Niners. But you just, you really just watching that, you have to realize that Baker is a good quarterback. You could definitely build around him. And, and so I think that's really what this damn Buccaneers do. And the Colts, they haven't been pushovers, though. They're with Gardner Minshew, they, they played pretty competitive football. Yeah, they've been all right, but I think ultimately the Colts aren't... I mean, I, I think we all realize the Colts aren't true contenders, and I just do believe that the Buccaneers are just a touch above them right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. And from there you have the Tank Bowl, the New England Patriots, and the New York Giants. The winner of this game is the real loser. And who do you have winning? I have the Patriots winning this one. Oh, and I have the New York Giants. A very interesting one. I think the the Patriots are better in a lot of metrics in this one, and I think they still do have overall more talent than the Giants do. So I think that's why I will ultimately be picking the Patriots in this game. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like I'm walking into a trap with this one. Although DeVito played pretty well against the Commanders, they are the worst defense in the league, and Belichick is very, very good against rookie quarterbacks. But the Patriots, again, they just feel like they are tanking at this point harder than the Giants are. And I think that the Giants just have more skill 
which is crazy to say. And they have one good playmaker, Saquon Barkley. The Patriots have none. So I will take the Giants here. And then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Houston Texans. Huge matchup with huge playoff implications. Who do you have winning this game? Are the Jaguars winning this one? I do as well. I think the better team is going to come out to play in this one, and the Jaguars are going to reestablish themselves and show why that they're the favorites in this division. Yes, and I completely agree with that sentiment. I thought you might go with the Texans here, but I agree. The Jaguars, I still think, are the better team. The Texans are a really fun story, but the Jaguars are just a much more complete team at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Jaguars have a much more well-rounded roster and a more experienced quarterback at that. Stroud has been so fun to watch. This, this Texans team has really been such a good story, but I think ultimately that their candle will blow out. Yes, I would. Well, I don't know. They, they Again, they don't have the toughest of schedules, and I do think Stroud is good enough to maybe sneak them into the playoffs here, but uh, against a team like the Jaguars and that defense, I do think uh, they will fall short. And then you have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Denver Broncos. Broncos on a bit of a hot streak lately, beating some good teams, and the Browns showing up pretty well against the Steelers last week, although the offense was a bit stagnant. Who do you have winning this game? I had the Broncos winning this one. Ooh, and I would take the Cleveland Browns here. I, I just think personally, I, I think that the Russell Wilson in that Broncos offense is going to be able to put it up enough or put up more than a Browns offense led by DTR is going to be able to. Well, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson has had a very, actually a really good year this year, uh, playing, at least statistically, playing really well. And when he is, when they stick to their game plan and when the defense isn't able to knock them off of it, they're very good. But I do think the Browns' defense is the best in the league and they will be able to knock the Broncos off their game plan. And in, during those situations, Wilson is just not the same improviser that he used to be. And so the Browns' offense really doesn't, I don't think they'll have to do too much in order to outscore the Denver Broncos here. Maybe only score like 14 to 17 points. Right. And then you have the L.A. Rams taking on the Arizona Cardinals. A one-point game here in Vegas odds. So who do you have taking this pick? Oh, the Rams winning this one. I do as well. I, I think I've seen a lot of really good things from the Cardinals since Kyler Murray has come back. But I think ultimately the Rams are definitely the better team still. And I, I think they will be able to show that this Sunday. I agree. I agree. Kyler Murray giving this Cardinals team a spark. But I still have yet to see anything that would lead me to believe that they're better than the Rams at this point. Right. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. So the Raiders losing by a touchdown to the Dolphins, although containing the offense. The Chiefs having some struggles on offense against the Eagles. Do we have a possible upset in the making? I don't think we do. I think the Chiefs will continue to handle some business. Although not looking quite as well, I do believe they'll win this game. I do as well. Not scoring three straight games in the second half feels very un-Mahomesian, very un-Chief-like, so I think they're going to come out with kind of a bit of a vengeance here. Absolutely, and that is just an absolute crazy stat, not scoring in three straight games in the second half. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just I couldn't even believe that when I saw it. I had to go back and then check the box scores, but it, it is true, and, and the Chiefs, man... They have some things that they have some questions they need to address there at the receiver. But I mean, it's really too late to do anything now. This is the team you got. You just got to trust in your playmakers to pull it through. Indeed. And then you got what could be the best matchup of the week the Buffalo Bills taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you have winning this game? 
I have the Eagles winning this one. And for me, this was a very tough decision. I think the Eagles could be walking into a trap game here, but I will take the Eagles. And the only reason why I, I will take them is because I think the game will come down to the brotherly shove. And as we know, nobody can stop that. Very true. I, I think that a lot of people might be looking a little bit lower on the Eagles after last week, but I think a good part of why the offenses weren't looking as good on that Monday night affair was to do with the weather, both Kansas City and Philadelphia. So I, I do view the Eagles as a good team. I view the Bills as a good team as well, but I think the Eagles are a better team still. And I think that Hurts is going to be able to just make enough plays on his legs and run around and just be able to tear up that Bills defense. I agree, but I also would expect Josh Allen to have a pretty big game here as the Eagles secondary is the weakest part of their team. So I could definitely see this kind of turning into a bit of a shootout here. Could definitely be a fun one. Yes, but as I said, I, I do believe in the power of, of the tush push, and so I'll take the Eagles here. And then you have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the L.A. Chargers, and I will have the Baltimore Ravens winning this game quite decidedly. I think this is going to be a blowout. And let me ask you this. If the Ravens win, and if they win big, do you think this could be Staley's last game as the head coach? Oh, that's a good question. I, I want to say no, because they looked better offensively. With the if they lost if they'd won in Green Bay, I would definitely say no. But yeah, I, I feel like it's no. Uh, and who do you have winning this game? Oh, the Ravens winning this one. See, I don't know. I feel like they could. Uh, they should have fired him last year. So that I do kind of think that you're on the right track. Just thinking that it's the Chargers and they won't fire him. I th certainly think he deserves to get fired if they get blown out in this game because I think their season's over if they lose this game. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah, like 4-7, you're not coming back. Yeah, the, the Packers was a game that they needed, and, and quite frankly, it was one that I really didn't even give a second thought to one that they could lose. Yeah, I, agree. I completely agree. And then we have the Chicago Bears taking on the Minnesota Vikings for the Monday night game. Who do you have winning this NFC North battle? I have the Vikings winning this one. I do as well, but I was very, very close to picking Chicago as they put up a pretty good fight against the Lions. Yes, they certainly did. And the Vikings disappointed a little bit on Sunday Night Football against Denver. Yes, the Josh Dobbs magic, the spell of it seemed to snap during that game. But I still think the Vikings overall, even without the magic, are just a better team than the Bears, and they should roll. Right. All right, and from there we go on to the underdog locks of the week. And last week I picked the Minnesota Vikings and they lost, bringing my record to 1-9 and nine on the season. And Scott picked the Philadelphia Eagles and they should have lost, but they won. So Scott is 3-7 and seven on the season. And Scott, who do you have for your underdog lock this week? So this week my underdog lock of the week is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, the Buccaneers are facing a game where I think is going to be a bit closer to pick them, and I think they're really getting a little bit of disrespect in that number versus the Colts, and I think they're going to be able to get a nice win in there versus Indianapolis this week. All right, I like that pick very much, and I will take the Cleveland Browns as my underdog locks. The Browns were the only pick, the only pick that I got right 
and when they beat the Ravens. So I'll go to them again as I, again, think that the Broncos are not as good as everyone thinks they are at this point. They're kind of riding a hot streak. I think that will end against an elite Browns defense. I like your thought process there. And from there, we'll transition into Rob's fantasy starts and sets of the week. Rob, why don't you tell the folks how we did last week? All right, so last week we were two hits and two misses. And let's get into the recap here. So Brian Robinson, I told you to start, and that was a hit as he was the running back number 13, going 17 carries for 73 yards, seven catches for 59 yards. So I said I really liked what he did last week in the receiving game, getting six catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. Not quite as big of a performance, but they did get him involved with the passing game, resulting in a pretty good output from him. Then you had James Cook, who I told you to start, and he finished as the running back number seven, going 17 carries, 73 yards, and having a touchdown in the receiving game. So I think those are two pretty good hits there. Then in the sits, we didn't do quite as good. As I said, sit Dalton Schultz. He ended up finishing as the number four tight end. Kind of a quiet week for the tight ends. He only had 32 yards, but did have a touchdown. And then I also said sit Mike Evans. He finished as the number 22 wide receiver with 43 yards, five catches, and one touchdown. So I'll take two misses, two hits on that. But we will do better this week, and I'm feeling really good about my picks. So in the starts, I would say start wide receiver Calvin Ridley of the Jacksonville Jaguars facing the Houston Texans. So the Texans have been allowing quite a bit of yards and points over the last three games, getting into two high-scoring shootouts and just three shootouts overall. And Ridley, when Zay Jones is playing, this is an incredible stat, in PPR, he has had 24 points, 5 points, 21 points, and 30 points. And when Zay Jones is not playing, Ridley has never broken 15 points in PPR. So kind of an incredible stat. Zay Jones will be playing for this game, and I think the Jags overall are heating up, so start Ridley. And in that same vein, I will also tell you to start Trevor Lawrence, who has had quite a disappointing season, but he is coming off the biggest game of the year. The MVP is not out of reach for him, and I think the blowout, against the 49ers, really shook them awake. It's time for the Jags to heat up, so start Lawrence, start Ridley this week. Then, in the sits, I would tell you to sit A.J. Dillon for the Green Bay Packers. So Jones will not play against the Lions on Thanksgiving, meaning A.J. Dillon is the primary back, but he has not done very well this year, only averaging 3.5 yards per carry, not played well in place of Jones. Plus, Detroit is second against running backs in fantasy, so sit A.J. Dillon. And I would also to tell you to sit Tua Tagovailoa versus the Jets. So three of the last four games from Tua were very mediocre, really not doing much in the fantasy categories after a pretty hot start. Doesn't fare well under pressure, as we noted last week, with one of the worst pass ratings in the league under pressure. Doesn't do well against good defenses. Even against the Eagles secondary, he didn't do well because the Eagles were able to get pressure on him. I think the Jets' defense is pretty good, so I would tell you to sit Tua this week. And from there, we go into Scott's parlay. So, Scott, how did you do last week, and what do you have dialed up for this week? Well, last week, Rob may imagine that I went 10-4 and four in my picks. Well, unfortunately, three of the four picks that I got wrong were in my parlay. So going 0-3 in my parlay last week with the Chargers, Seahawks, and Vikings all losing. So this week... A parlay we have got dialed up for week 12 is going to be the New Orleans Saints, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Baltimore Ravens. So in this matchup, the Saints, I think, are getting a good number versus the 
Falcons in a Peckham game, I think is pretty good for them. And then Jacksonville also in a game, a close game, and I think a good number for them is one that I like. And then the Ravens versus the Chargers should be able to get a good win for them. So this week, pick on the money line, the New Orleans Saints, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I like that quite a lot. I think that will get you back on track. Looking forward to a 3-0 weekend on the parlay. And that is all we have in store for you this week for Mark My Words Football Podcast. We thank you so much for the viewership. It is greatly appreciated. Feel free to follow us on all platforms. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And wishing you all a happy Thanksgiving. We are tuning in.